Children of God, I'm back with another episode entitled A Love Story in the Midst of Affliction. A Love Story in the Midst of Affliction. Today is Saturday, March 21st, the year of our Lord, 2020. The temperature right now is a mild 46 degrees with a possible high of 51. And here we are, shut in with our Lord and Savior. Chances are, before the day is over, you may watch a good love story, or you may read a book about a story of love, a love that you wish you could have, or even a love that you have already. But in any case, here we are, shut in, but you can have your own love story. You can create your own love story with the Lord. You can even write about your love story with the Lord. But in any case, I'm here to tell you about a love story that's available to all of us in the midst of this affliction that we find ourselves in. I love saying that word. A love story in the midst of affliction. How about that? Listen, if this shoe doesn't fit you, then that's okay. God bless you. Because I have a feeling that for many of you who are not lovers may find that this is not the time to be talking about love. Or... I'm not a lover, or this is not important to me. If that's you, don't discourage someone else that needs a love story during a time such as this. I'm going to give you the name of the episode one more time just so you can get it in your spirit and get a feeling of where we're going. A love story in the midst of affliction. How do you speak to God? Rather, I should ask you, how are you speaking to Him during this time that we're facing? Are you speaking to Him in love tones? Or are you blaming Him? Accusing Him? questioning, complaining, being irreverent, and demanding in your speech. Demanding as though we are entitled to nothing but good. What are your love tones? What's your love language? Some time ago, 
I was doing some pastoral marriage counseling, and I had just finished reading a very intense and but yet interesting book on the five love languages. The book dealt with the five ways of expressing heartfelt commitment toward their spouse. Heartfelt commitment in the way they dealt with their spouse. And the five love languages broke it down in a way that the newest couple to the oldest couple could understand. The whole basis of that book was to identify and to determine each other's love language and to begin to express it on a regular basis, thus keeping the marriage relationship fresh and alive. So, what are love languages, you ask? What are love tones? Various ways of of expression. As simple as that. Just various ways of how you express your love. How you express your love to your spouse, your fiancé. But today we're going to talk about how we express our love to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Did you know that you have some love languages? that you can use to express how you feel about him. So again, I want you to understand that the love languages are ways of expression. So think about that. If your spouse is there with you today, ask yourself, how do I express my love toward him or toward her? Do I express it in the way that they need me to? Does it say exactly how I feel? How do I express my love for my Lord? Do I give him what he wants? Do I express it in the way that he desires of me? How does he feel about my love language toward him? I found the book to be an excellent book. But I also thought that it could have been entitled Expressions of Love. But then maybe it's the same thing. They use language. I said expressions. You choose what you want to write in your book, how you want to entitle your book. Because I'm encouraging you today, write, make some notes about you and your relationship with the Lord. In the book, it states about the five love languages. It says, it gives five of them. Words of affirmation, which are words to build each other up. Number two, Gifts. By giving gifts that says, I'm thinking about you. I'm just randomly thinking about you and I want to give this gift to you just because. 
how many times do we pray to him and just bless him? We just stand in awe of him and we just want to tell him, I love you. I love you, Lord, just because. I'm not asking you for anything. I just want to express my just because love to you. Number three was acts of service. Means doing something that you know that person likes. The fourth love language was quality time. Giving your spouse individual attention while you're walking about or sitting about, but dedicating some time just for that particular person. Dedicating some time away from the children, away from the TV, away from all your important stuff, and just giving them time and attention. And the last one was physical touch, which is hugging, which is intimacy, whether you're just sitting and talking and looking at each other, just admiring each other. So the five love languages were described as words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. How are we doing so far? How special is that? How special is that in a marriage? But you know me. I had some questions. And some of the questions I had was this. Do we do all of this for the Lord with that kind of detail, precision? Are we as detailed in our love for our own Lord and Savior, our personal Lord and Savior, as we are with our spouse? The second question I asked was, Do we know what God's love language is? Do we speak to him in spiritual love tones? Do we know how to keep the relationship with him fresh, intimate, and alive? Do we even care? That was my last question. Do we even give it any thought? Do we even give any thought to how we express our love toward him? The book talked about a relationship, how to keep a relationship intimate, how to keep it fresh, how to keep it alive. And of course, I had to think about the Lord. I had to ask the question, That's all good. Excellent book. But there's another book that details what God wants from us. That details how to love him. It's called the Bible. And in that Bible, the Lord made it very, very easy 
for us to know what he wants. From his mouth to our ears, he detailed exactly what he would like from us. He made his wishes known. He made his wishes about how to love him plain. All that he needed from us, all that he desired from us, he affirmed it through his words. How he wanted us to show love toward him, he affirmed it in his words. And those five love languages, all affirmations of love toward each other, expressing love in the way that benefits the other person. Remember, in order for it to be effective, in order for the love languages to be effective, I've got to know what you need. So how I express my love has to be a benefit to you. So from here on out, I want to talk about our expressions of love toward our own personal Lord and Savior. I like saying that our own personal Lord and Savior. That means something. That that means that he's yours. He's your very own. You know, a lot of times we have to share certain things or we have to borrow certain things, but we have to give it back or pay it back. This is your, Jesus is yours. That's your Savior. That's your Lord. That's your King. So, what love language do I use to keep my relationship fresh and alive with Him? Jesus declares that we are His bride. And He affirmed His love for us when he gave himself to us in Ephesians 5, 25. He tells the husband, that's how he used to love you. He said, love her as I love the church and gave myself for the church. The church is his bride. We are his bride. So even right there, He's affirming his love to us. That's his love language. He says that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. He expresses what he wants his bride to look like. That's his expression of love. He made that plain. We don't have to wonder what we should look like. We don't have to wonder what he expects. We don't have to wonder what pleases him. He affirms his love by the fact, the mere fact, that he gave himself for us. Jesus already knew what he wanted. 
he already knew what he wanted from a bride, and he affirmed it by saying that he chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us to be his bride. He already saw some things in us that he liked. And a part of that affirmation to his bride was that he would never leave his bride nor forsake his bride, as some bridegrooms do. He was saying to us, I'm right here. I'm right here to lead you. I'm right here to direct you through the storm, through the time of pestilence. I'm right here. Leading you, directing you, revealing myself to you. Showing myself strong on your behalf. I'm right here. That's his love language. That's his expression of his love toward you and I. Can you imagine associating Jesus with a love language? This is what he said in the Gospels. These were his words. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I'm right here. Look around. Look up. Look down. I'm right here. I'm your rear guard. I'm underneath you, holding you up. I'm on your right hand and on your left. And if I leave, you're still going to be all right. Because I said that I would leave, but I was leaving to go back to prepare a place for you. So that where I was, you would also be there. That you would never be without me. But even in my leaving... I still left behind for you a comforter. So I really didn't leave you alone. Though I had to leave, I still left you a part of me. That's a love language. How many times have has someone left you? Didn't even leave a text. Didn't leave a note. Didn't make a phone call to say goodbye. Just left. And left you all by yourself. That was an expression, but it was a bad expression. It was a poor expression. Love languages are beneficial. They come with a benefit. I'm right here. I'm showing myself strong. Even as you are listening to me today, children of God, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that my children need a love story. I need to let them know that I'm right here for them. I'm leading. I'm still directing. 
I'm still revealing myself. I'm still showing myself strong on their behalf. I'm not a two-timer. So this affirmation of my love for them is only for my bride. This affirmation is from the bridegroom to his bride. Remember, it was for you that I gave myself on the cross, which is why I told husbands to love their wives the same way, which means give yourself for your wife. If trouble comes, you be there. You say to your bride, I'm right here. Let her be able to look to you as she has looked to me. Then their gifts. The book talked about one of the love languages as being gifts. Gifts that you give just to say, just because. I'm just thinking of you today. The Lord is saying, That was my gift to you. When I gave myself for you, that was my gift. That was the ultimate gift for you. And have I not continued to show you with gifts and treasures? Have I not continued to bless you beyond your own imagination? Have have not my blessings surpassed anything that you could even pray about, you could even ask about, anything that you could even dream about. My blessings have surpassed your own wildest imagination. Even through this time of tribulation, I have still blessed you exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Haven't I? So, the question now is, do you believe that? Do you believe that he's done that? If you believe that he's done that, then you need to write your own love story today. He says, through all of this, Through the chaos, through the devastation, I have even blessed you. My blessings have surpassed anything that you could even think of. Because as I said to you, I'm still right here. Blessing you, comforting you, Holding you, reminding you not to fear, reminding you that perfect love casts out all fear. Have I not been with you? Can you not feel me? That's my love language to you, my bride. See, as his bride, we do not have to guess 
about how to express our love to our bridegroom. He was very explicit, very explicit, as to what he requires from us. I like that about him. We don't have to second guess when it comes to him. He says, accept me as the only lover of your soul and agree to be my bride. How plain is that? I'm thinking about when a man proposes on his knees, he doesn't know what you're going to say. So he says, will you marry me? And he waits in, in anticipation as to whether, or not, whether you're going to say, not now, wait a while, or whether you're going to give that blessed yes. Yes. Yes, I'll marry you. But as I said, Jesus was very explicit as to what he required. He required a yes. He says, accept me as the only lover of your soul and agree. He wasn't going to accept. Well, not yet. Maybe next time. Ask me again, Lord. He says, you must accept me as the only lover of your soul. And you must agree to be my bride. How's that sound? If you have agreed to be his bride and you have accepted him as the only lover of your soul, can you write your own love story today? Can you express love languages to him? Do you have love tones for him today? Another form of the love language was acts of service. Just doing whatever pleases your your spouse, whatever makes them happy. Well, our Lord and Savior had some acts of services that he required from us. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's John 14, 15. That's Jesus talking. That's Jesus making his wishes known. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. That's John 14, 24. That's God's love language. That's his expression of a relationship between him and us, between the bride and the bridegroom. But the language that expresses your love the most is when you love him 
with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the quality of love that he desires. That's the language that he understands. That's his language. Even now, in these times that we're in, he's looking for that expression. You can praise, you can worship, you can preach, you can do all those things. But he's saying, the language that means the most to me, that expresses how you feel about me for real, is that you love me with all of your heart. I want your heart. I want your soul. I want your mind. And I need your mind if I'm going to pour out on you my peace. I will keep you in perfect peace. All whose mind is stayed on thee. He says, if your mind, if I don't have all of your mind, if your mind is not on me as my bride, as an expression of love. If that's not your love language for me, then I can't give you peace. So the love language that expresses what I want the most is all of you. Now, I'm thinking back about when I used that book in the counseling, I'm remembering how couples were excited. They felt like you've just given me a tool to make my marriage what I want it to be. You've just given me a tool to bring life back into it. So this right here is a tool for you. And for me, it's a tool for us. He's saying that the language, hey God, that expresses your love for me the most is when you love me with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the quality of love that he desires. That's his language. When you give him that, he's saying, now you're speaking my language. Do you speak his language? Ask yourself, do I speak his language? Then the book also talked about quality time. Quality time is... It's had when you willingly give him all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, without any distractions. See, quality time in a marriage is when you set aside time just to give attention to your spouse. You shut out everything just to show them special attention. 
You go on date nights, just the two of you. You finish your work early so you can have some time just to sit and talk, just to catch up, just to look into each other's eyes, just express how you feel, whether it's good or bad, because it's still an expression of love. So God is saying, how about me? I want the same thing. I want quality time. Because giving me your all means the sacrifice of shutting out distractions. Quality time for me is when you shut out, when you move all distractions. You shut out things that will vie for your attention. You deliberately do that just for me. Your earthly spouse wants some individual attention. So do I. That's what he's saying. So do I. I want to spend time walking with you, just us alone, without your cell phone, without the children, without thinking about your job, what's going to happen to my job, I want to spend the time just us alone, quietly, just talking about your love for me, your adoration toward me. The Lord is saying today, I want to hear in your love language how much I mean to you. Let's take some time right now to reflect. When was the last time you told him how much he means to you? Once you have given him that kind of time, then that's your talking time. Then just sit in his presence. After you've talked and you've shared, then sit quietly in his presence, not asking for anything. See, I, I think sometimes we two-time God because sometimes we try to psych him out when we're with him. It's almost like, well, okay, I've given you your time now, so now let me ask you for this. That's not quality time. That's not a true love language. He says, I want to hear in your love language how much I mean to you. Then I want you to just sit quietly in my presence, not asking for anything, not crying, not lamenting, but just sit in anticipation, waiting for the calm, the calmness of my breeze to just blow all around you because I know that's what you need. No talking, no crying, 
No, I just got to say hallelujah. None of that. I hear, I hear God saying, the problem that we have sometimes between us is that when I want you to sit quiet, you have a strong desire just to say the, the quiet sometimes is so big that you still just want to say a hallelujah. You still just want to say a thank you, Jesus. But I said to you to sit quietly. I said to sit still. I'm kind of thinking about when God gave uh, Joshua direction about bringing down the walls of Jericho. And when he told them to march around the wall, just march, don't talk. Just walk around the wall. I'm kind of thinking that would have been hard for us. Because we would have had a tendency, the longer we walked, the more we walked, I think we would have had a tendency to say, hallelujah. But it wasn't time for a hallelujah. It wasn't time for a thank you, Jesus. It wasn't time. He said, I need you to just walk. Are you getting this? He says, I need you to just sit. Just sit quietly. I'm going to breathe on you. I'm going to give my wind a command to blow softly and gently over you. To wash over you. To touch every part of you. But I need you to sit quietly. I'm going to wrap you up in my peace. A peace that surpasses anything that you ever felt. Just by sitting quietly in my presence. That's his love language. And that's your love language back to him. Obeying his command to sit quietly in his presence. And I hear the Lord says, if you sit quietly in my presence, I will lift you up to another dimension of yourself. In the midst of the reality of chaos and devastation, the devastation that's hovering all around you, all over you, I will lift you up above that if you sit quietly and just let me wrap you up while my wind is blowing while I'm breathing on you while I build you up so that you can stand strong and remain grounded until the storm has passed. But I need you. I'm expressing to you what I need. That's my love language. That's my expression to you. Sit quietly.
I want to build you up. And once you've allowed me to do that, you can stand. You can wait until the storm passes. And whenever you feel you, you can't stand any longer, enter back into the secret place. Go back into our intimate place and dwell there until your strength comes again. Because in that place, whenever you come, whenever you come to sit quietly in that place, I will whisper my love to you again. I will reveal my beauty to you again. I will cause the wind of peace to blow over you yet again. That's my love language toward you. The Lord is saying, just as it was in that book, The Five Love Languages, he says, I'm affirming our love for you. That keeps the relationship strong. Affirming our love for each other keeps the relationship fresh. Giving to each other in ways that just says, I love you, Lord, and I appreciate you. That keeps the relationship strong. Acts of service, obeying my commandment, keeps the relationship strong. Spending quality time together keeps the relationship strong. Physical touch, worshiping and praising me, talking to me, keeps the relationship strong. What do you think? What do you think so far? Listen, if you can learn the love language for your spouse, why can't you learn the love language for your Lord and Savior who gave himself for you? God is saying, I too have a book about how to express your love to me. Read it. And follow it. And let it become our love story for life. I told you what I needed. I told you my desires. I proved to you that you can trust me with your heart. With your soul, with your mind. I have a book. Read it. Read my book. Follow it. Let it become our love story for life. God's love language plus your love language equals everlasting love. A love that will never grow old a love that will never die. 
a love that won't end in separation or divorce, but a love that will stand the test of trials and tribulations. A love story that is a true love story in the midst of affliction. Be be blessed, children of God. Stay blessed, children of God. Write your love story today. Give him your expressions of love. I hope this has been a blessing for you and to you. I'm honored to be your storyteller. God bless you. And again, if the shoe fits you, wear it. If it doesn't, please don't discourage anyone else. I am the storyteller.